Sass podcast. I am your host, Amy Quinley. This is the unofficial Jeff Lewis Live After Show. He also has a podcast, Jeff Lewis Has Issues, and we all have issues. We all have issues. My current issue this week is, again, such first world problems. I understand. So my parents went to Italy. <laughs> unexpectedly um very first world problems i guess okay but they have season tickets to a theater and they have spare tickets and now i have tickets to beetlejuice and i don't know who to take and it's really causing me an issue this week (laughs) oh my god princess problems no for real okay so it's so funny because if i was seriously dating somebody or had friends that lived closer, this would be such a treat. It'd be a treat. I genuinely, I'm not like Jeff. Like I will stay for the whole show. I genuinely love going to these things. Actually, I did go to see Xanadu with my dad once. First of all, because, okay, they've had these season tickets for like my entire life and they always just go. And one time I was coming back from college in Boston and my dad picked me up at the train station and he was like, we're going to Xanadu. And I'm like, excuse him. What What the fuck did you just say? You can actually just leave me at this train station. I will be heading back tonight if this is my other option. So it turns out my mom was sick. So he takes me to Xanadu. No, it was so, and sorry, I'm sorry to anyone who's um, in Xanadu or has family, friends, whatever. I, but you know, every play's not for everyone. And this was certainly not for me. My dad usually falls asleep during play, so I thought that I could at least convince him that at halftime we're leaving. Like we leave at halftime, and that's it. That's just the game rule. He, I don't know, like what was in him. If my mom, he just didn't want to go home to. She was being annoying and sick, and well, I don't know. He fucking made me stay throughout that whole thing. And I know he hated it. I know he hated it too. We were both making fun of it, but he made me stay and I will never forget that. So my biggest advice, we could have had such a different night. Like if he took me at halftime and instead we went to an arcade for the second half, like that would have been such a night in the books to remember. Dad, remember when we went to that shitty ass play for half of it? And then we went to that cool ass arcade See, that's how you make a moment, people. That is how you make a moment. That's how you make memories. That's how you do all the above. But for right now, this week, I have tickets to Beetlejuice. My friends, ah, I guess I could take one of them. They all have, like, kids and lives and shit like that. They need a babysitter. Ah, nah, nah. And, like, no offense, but I'd rather someone I can, like, make out with at the end of the night. And I love my friends, but not like that. Not like that. I'm sorry. I'm really not a chump. And so... I am debating. I inv- I actually, last night, I had too much um, rosé. I really need to take a page from Sober Stew because I had too much rosé. And I think I invited a boy on Hinge last night. But then he was like, what's the dress code? And I was like, no, no, 
Like if you need to add, it's not like a fucking suit and tie. We're not going on a red carpet and we're also not going to Billy Bob's barbecue. You know, like, I don't know. It's somewhere in between. Just dress nice. I don't know. Just being, I don't know. So again, I get it. I'm a monster and I probably won't even go because I am Beetlejuice. It's, it's about a demon. I can just look in the mirror and there's Beetlejuice right there. Moving on. So Tuesday, April 25th episode of Jeff Lewis Live. We have Zach Noe Towers. We got Jackie Schimmel and we got Shane Douglas. Zach gets first billing on the after show. Okay. How about it? How about it? Um, but I love you, Jackie. Uh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. You could not tell. They posted a picture on Instagram. You can't tell. You can't. I get that she strategically placed a bag in front, but you still can't tell. Well, Jeff could tell because he was allegedly slight body shaming her throughout the day. But Alden, good fun. Good jest. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that Jackie didn't leave the show a little early. Like she left her mental health wellness retreat a little early. So Jeff starts off by saying that when Jackie was first pregnant, you would have never been able to tell. And obviously, crazy enough how the world works, as her pregnancy has progressed, you can tell a little bit more that she's growing a human in there. However, in Jackie's defense, you guys, you guys, I thought that this was a joke, okay? On TLC, like, I didn't know I was pregnant. I had a baby in a toilet. Until I met somebody who basically had a baby in a toilet, so I had a coworker and I had actually never met her when I first was hired because, because she unexpectedly had to go on maternity leave a few weeks before. So I was a very quick hire, works for me, but for her, so all I hear in the office is all these rumblings of like, yeah, this girl's on maternity leave, but nobody knew she was pregnant. And I'm like, what do you mean no one knew she was pregnant? And they're like, she was, ne she never told anybody she was pregnant. And so it was all so confusing. And in my mind, I'm like, who the fuck is about to walk through these doors when she comes back from a turn? Like, what kind of person am I working with? I mean, let's not get started into some of the gremlins in that office. But honestly, I just don't understand, like, what kind of person? What do you mean you don't know you were pregnant? What do you mean? And so then I met her. I met her. You guys... She is one of the smartest, like, badass bitches. She's a boss-ass bitch. She's all of the above. Petty-ass bitch, yes, for sure. But also, it was just a mom-ass bitch now. She's a whole mom-ass bitch because she had a fucking baby. All right, so then I learned the real story. This is what happened. Because it's like, she must have been showing. She must have, no, like, you don't get your period. There's so many things. What do you mean? That's why it's so confusing. Like, for my body, if I look at an ice cream sundae, I know that I could eat it in two seconds and that I will be shitting even faster than that. So it's like, I understand what causes that pain and that, that like, yeah, because I just fucking shove my mouth with again, a jar of peanut butter. If you're going to judge me, that's fine. I judge myself. And I'm also coming from a headspace where both of my sisters were so fucking, you couldn't even have a candle burning in the house. You guys, you can't even have a candle around them because something with the wit you're the smoke. It's not good for the baby. Candles are bad, I, I guess. Um, so it was just complete opposites. Like in my personal life, I had my sisters who I couldn't even swear around their stomachs because God forbid that fucking child in there might fucking hear something their fucking aunt wants to say. <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a nightmare. Okay, but then on in my 
career professional life, I had this girl who has been drinking and going out for the past nine, 10 months, not knowing that she was growing a human. So this is what happened. She said that she got pregnant, did not know, and it was an epitomic pregnant, whatever. It grew in her abdomen instead of in her actual stomach. So it was like up higher and which I just picture like the baby, like crawling into the rib cage and just like nestling into your bones. I don't know why. Sorry. Okay. So he grew into that. So then she was also still getting her period. So for nine months, she obviously felt shit going on in there. She thought that she had issues with her ovaries, but like most of us, we just want to turn a blonde, a blonde eye. <laughs> you guys, I can't even take out the shit that I say wrong because it's a like a blonde eye. Really? Oh my gosh. All right. So we're going to turn the blonde and the brunette eyes. No, a motherfucking blind eye, bitch. Okay, so we're going to turn. Uh, well, now I can't even remember what I was fucking saying. The story of my life. Um, oh, yeah. We turn a blind eye to our medical issues. I can attest to that. And so she knew that she had, there was obviously something like she thought she had a cyst that was going to explode or something like that. And oh, it might need a hysterectomy, something casual, something casual. She can make an appointment with the doctor in a few years for that check-in. And so as time went on, her mom was like, we need to get you on Weight Watchers. Like, what is going on? Why are you gaining so much weight? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I'm drinking smoothies. I'm trying. Like, I don't, I don't know. To the point where people in the office were asking her if she was pregnant. Not, they were like, oh, when are you due? And she was like, I'm not fucking pregnant. And then, and then she left on a Friday and on that Monday, everyone comes back to the office. She's not there. And they're like, oh yeah, she had her baby. And they're like, what? She just told us she wasn't pregnant. And they were like, yeah, because she didn't even know she was pregnant. And you're like, what? What? And again, this girl is so smart. Like, to me, if I heard this story, I'd be like, yeah, it's some dumb, but no, I'm telling you, she uh, unfortunately is going to be a lawyer of America. Like, she went to law. It, there's a whole thing, you guys. And she hates this story. She hates this story because she understands how it pains her to be irresponsible in terms of her own health care and all of that. But it's fucking wild because, okay, so then on Saturday, she's with her boyfriend who she, they've been together for since college, like years and years. It's not not like a one night stand and a thank you, ma'am. And so she was showering and said all of a sudden it like dropped. Like the like the baby went from cuddling inside of her rib abdomens to finally being a real baby and dropping. And she like felt was going into labor essentially. And so her husband or well, future husband now and congratulations guys. Yeah. And so it was if they listen. And so they, God, I hope they don't listen now that I'm babbling about their story for all the world's entertainment. But it's just crazy to me because they showed up to the hospital. They didn't even have a car seat, you guys. They had no diapers, no bottles. Their motherfucking parents did not know that they were about to be grandparents. They got a phone call like, hi, mom and dad, you're now grandma and grandpa. Can you come bring a car seat to the hospital and maybe some baby wipes? What? What? A little ointment for the tush? They're like, what tush? Oh, you know, our new babies? What baby? Yeah, mom, guess what? I'm not fucking fat. I'm just pregnant. I was pregnant. 
it's all so wild, you guys. So all I'm saying is that people go so hard with like, you can't drink, you can't eat sushi, you can't do whatever. And we know that Jackie Schimmel, she was saying that she eats sushi. Yes, Jackie, you go girl. You could be drinking that martini with it, honestly, as well. Because again, this coworker, she was drinking the whole time, eating the quote, going crazy. No prenatal vitamins. No worrying about candles being around her. No worry. No, not a qualm in the world. Not a qualm in the world. And her fucking son is like the king of preschool. He's literally like this adorable. He's so smart. So he's just like, he's a champion. He's a little fucking champion. A little champion. A chump, the chump championship. A championship. We need the chump games. Chump Olympics or something. And it can obviously all be like drinking games. Um, if Stu is still sober, then he can just be the chef. <laughs> I'm like, he can just do his job. No, he can um be the bartender and like come up with fun cocktails. Okay, so there are just a few quick things about this. So Jackie did mention she still eats sushi. And I just want to say I have another friend. Yeah, guys, I do have some friends and they're all batshit crazy, huh? So my other friend, my best friend, best, best, bestie, she eats sushi as well. She would eat sushi throughout her um, pregnancy, but also she would either get a drink or she would be so mad if I didn't get a drink. Like if I tried to be sober stew when we went out for our dinner dates, she would be like, what the fuck? No, Amy, get a margarita and give me half of it, please, right now. Like this isn't an option. This is not a drill. This is my night out with no judgment. I need fucking tequila. And I was like, babe, say no more. You're speaking my language. And so we would have a great time. Also at her baby shower, she was like, Amy, everyone is having mimosas. I want 95% champagne, 2% OJ, three more percent champagne. And I was like, again, babe, my motherfucking, I understand that math. I understand it. I get it. Okay. I got you. And I was her bartender because I was so hungover from the night before that I was basically vomiting in the bathroom the entire time during her baby shower. And like, I was supposed to be hosting games with her sister and they were like, all right, everybody, we need your attention. Amy and her sister are gonna do And I'd be like, okay. So, and then I would turn to her sister and I would just run to the bathroom and everyone was like, what is wrong with her? And that night before, it was such a night for the books. If this podcast is on long enough, I will tell you that because that is a fucking wild ass story. But in the same realm of Stu being the bartender, okay, so Jeff mentions because Stu is on this sober curious journey, which unfortunately for us means Jeff is too, which is good. All right, I get it. Like, whatever. It's great that you guys are making healthy choices. It's just more fun to watch people make irresponsible choices so then we can all laugh at their expense. However, Jeff was saying that he likes to make cocktails still without the alcohol. And I so fucking agree. So many sober people are like, I'll just have water. Thanks. I'll just plain. Yeah, plain. No, don't even spurt that lemon. I'm sober. Water. Thank you. Water. And it's like, even if I'm sober, not sober, anything like that, like, even for breakfast, I'll ha I'll make a fake mimosa for more. Like, I just like fun things. I just like to be fucking fun. So does Jeff, okay? So he makes Bloody Marys without alcohol. Yes, that's fucking delicious. Like, we don't need alcohol. It's the same, okay, you guys, for anybody on a Sober Curious or whatever, this summer, one of my favorite things to do, I like to enjoy a spritz. 
a summer spritz. And so my favorite thing to do is take whatever flavor, seltzer water that you love, put that over some ice with a splash of kombucha, a splash of coconut water, and then squeeze some lemon or lime in it. Oh, and if you have fresh basil, oh my God, fresh basil. whoop you doo basil. Um, I fucking love basil on anything, salads, anything. I'll put it on an egg. I'll put it on an egg. Ew. And so, and so, ew, I'm like, don't tell me with a good time, basil and eggs. Okay. Yeah, I am literally all of the Trumps in one. I'm Doug, I'm Jameson, I'm Jeff, I'm all of them, everyone. Um, hopefully mostly Brandy. That's the Trump I would most like to be. And also Jackie, I love her. Okay, so and Zach, oh Zach, I love Zach. So um, that co- that mocktail I just said, I don't even like the word mocktail. Why does it have to be a mocktail? Co- like, why can't it just be a get like spritz? Isn't even the right word. It's just a fun fucking drink. A fun fucking drink. Okay, that's what we're doing. We're making fun fucking drinks. And of course, if you add some tequila, it tastes even better. But that was the whole point was not having tequila except Zach says that he doesn't drink for the taste and he only drinks to get fucked up and stick his ankles behind his head. (laughs) Okay. The second he said that I instantly pictured him rolling down the hill next to Megan's dad at Weaver family farm. You guys, because if you remember, call back, Megan was supposed to watch her dad at the farm and she took him for a walk up a hill and he fell and his his legs flew behind his head and he rolled down the hill into a puddle of blood. And I just picture him and Zach, Jack and Jill rolling down the hill together and us finding them in a pool of blood and bourbon and oh, so fun. Um, okay. So uh, Shane is not into hooking up. He'd rather date than just hook up. I agree, but I've also dabbled in both. Just be safe. I know Jeff says chumps don't like, um, condoms. You guys, again, this brand, I'm not an advertiser. PS it's called PS is the company. PS condoms are my fave. They can be my sponsor. Please send me free shit. Anybody, anybody love you. Okay. So you guys, What happened next in Jeff Lewis Live, we need to discuss. Kian and Zach went on a alleged date. It wasn't really a date, but it's hilarious. It's so fucking funny the way Zach talks about it, because obviously we know Kian does not want to be on mic. And so Zach gets free reign to spin the narrative however he wants. And it's fucking hilarious because he just gets to live in this fantasy world where Kian's now his boyfriend. So they went to some devil movie, but here's the thing, right? So Jeff's like obsessed with this because they're all just obsessed with figuring Kian out, which even on the, um, Jeff Lewis live, like YouTube, whatever video clips of him, I can't, even when I see Kian, I still can't like see him. I I don't get, I don't, I can't like picture. I don't know. I need, he really does need to get on mic. I need a fuller picture of it all. Okay. So They were so harping on the fact that they went to the movies together, all of this. But what nobody is talking about, you guys, what nobody discussed and why we have a motherfucking podcast is that Zach said he was in a group of six people. Kian was meeting them there. Kian was meeting them there. Zach got there first and then there was no room. So Kian had to sit in the row ahead of them, ahead of them because he was late. No, wait, no, 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 back it up, back it up, back it up. Zach, why the fuck didn't you save Kian a seat? 
What? I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Okay. You can't even consider that, that them going together. They did not go to the movies together at all. They went to, they knew that they'd be in the same theater and they sat in a proximity to each other, but they did not experience the movie together. No, no, no. They didn't drive together. They didn't get popcorn together. No, nothing about They did not go together. Kian didn't even fucking sit with them. That is wild to me. I have so many questions. Was the theater really that full? Like, Zach, you couldn't find seven seats together? There was only a maximum of six that you could find together? You didn't think to save Kian a seat? Did you think Kian wouldn't show up? You were, he was going to ghost you on your date? Like, why... Could there was there was you couldn't ask people like hey can you guys move down what like why couldn't Kian sit with you why can't if the mean girls yeah Kian you're invited but you can't sit with us you can't sit with us oh no 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 I have more questions I have so many more questions and uh, then Zach makes a super valid point about married couples and that most people are just suppressing their desires to be intimate with other people which. I agree with. I think it's true. I think the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life is just because you found your life partner, somebody that you want to be with and create a family and life foundation, whatever with, that you will never in this world find anybody else attractive again. No, I'm sorry. That just, that's not science. That's not, we're not robots. Like we are humans and human nature. We are attracted to people. So on whatever spectrum you, of your choice. And so I just, and all the married people in the room or people in relationships, because obviously nobody wants to think of that. Nobody, everybody wants to be obsessed over, you know, or again, this is me just projecting onto everybody, which I love to do, but it's like without being love bombed and without being killed and without it being scary, like you just want somebody to be healthily obsessed with you. And so the idea that they're obsessed with you, but also might want to fuck your friend is unacceptable. Then you're not obsessed with me. So it's like, but honestly, from a outsider perspective, it is true. They do want to fuck your friend, but they are upset like it all. And we all are like that. So I, this is again, why I question myself in relationships. Like, could I ever be in a, like, I don't, I, w- I don't think I'd ever be the type of person to be married once and for all for 75 plus years at this point. <laughs> it's not an option. I'd have to live to like 175 to be able to claim that, but it's just, how do you the longevity of it without being hurting other people's feelings and being honest with yourself and just all of it. Like, again, that's why I just want brother husbands. They're all obsessed with me, but I get to date all of them and they don't get to date anyone but me. Okay. So that is the solution for everybody. Then we had an episode of Los Hermanos y la Bebe and it's back to court for Jeff and Gage over mental health counsel for Monroe. And again, of course, every situation is different. This one is super um, fragile because obviously there's a youth involved and all of that. But I just want to say from firsthand experience of an extremely fortunate and fulfilling childhood, but also one that um, fucked me up a bit. Going to therapy is hands down probably the best thing for Monroe right now. Like if and only if for the sake that she's probably heard it so many times, like therapy, therapy, whatever, even overhearing in conversations, whatever. And at this point, she's probably just curious. So at any point, just to hear like therapy, therapy, and then like, yeah, like now she's probably like, what is that? What is So I think that again, I said before, my mom threatened me. I'll talk about myself. My mom threatened me with a child as therapy being like, something's wrong with you. We need a therapist. You need a therapist, not we. 
because as this story unfolds. And so I would say back, like, please, I would love, I would love to talk to somebody. I would genuinely love to, but she would never set up the appointments. And again, I was a kid. I couldn't do it myself. So then as an adult, she would gaslight me with therapy being like, we should go together. We should go even going as far to get us one. She showed me the ladies off it all like on a map. Like, is this, Oh, is this too far of a drive for you? And I was like, no, I will drive to Terabithia and beyond. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want to make our relationship better. Like I, that's, I understand that it'll cause some pain and it'll be hard in the beginning and cause her and whatever. But like, I promise it's all to move forward in a healing way. Like I'm not trying to drag up anything or like make you out to be the bad guy. Like that's Billie Eilish's job. Okay. She's already claimed that. So all I want is us to figure out how to have a healthy relationship. And then with that, with like her making an appointment or whatever, never followed through with it. Never anything like people in my family have asked her, begged her like, please, why won't you, and like, why won't you go with Amy? And she just won't, she just won't. So it's the same as I'm guessing with Gage's hesitancy, which is that they don't want to have to address their own issues. Because obviously if I'm a child and I'm going to, if my mom's sitting there saying something's wrong with you, something's wrong with you. When I'm in high school, she sends me to therapy. Do you think the therapist is going to blame every single thing in life ever on me? Or is she going to help me understand the dynamics and how other people have affected me? Case in point, my mother might have affected me negatively in some ways, whether intentional or not. Hopefully it was unintentional. Mm, but so it's like, why would she ever want me to go to therapy if the therapist might have recommendations for her or might realize that, yeah, Amy actually isn't the issue. And it's just, again, every situation is different. I don't want to harp on this because there's a youth involved, but I just want to say that I think it's amazing that they are actually being proactive and getting Monroe therapy. And for Jeff, I know it's super hard right now, but trust me, just keep making the right choices for her like you are. And when she's older, she'll understand. Like, again, as a parent, you do not have to be perfect. You don't have to say the perfect things. Always do the perfect whatever. You just have to do two things, two things only. Well, I guess three, three things only. Okay. First of all, you just have to be there. You just have to be there, show up, for all of it. Just be fucking there. Whether it's a doctor's appointment, whether it's a first date, prom pick, whatever it is, be there. Second thing you have to do, get them the resources they need. Get them the, re you're not going to be a coach, a therapist, a this, a that. You can't be everything, especially if you have your own career or your own passions and hobbies, whatever. Like, you have to be your own person too. So you can't be everything for them, but you have to be able to be that resource where you can get them everything, you know? And I'm not talking about money wise. Like I've worked with government assisted programs. Like there's so many things out there. Just get your child the resources that they need and they will forever be grateful for you for that. Just not that you had to be their therapist, but that you found them a therapist. Not that you had to do that, but that you found them that, you know, it's all of that. Then the third thing that you have to do, and you guys, this one, it might seem like the hardest, I promise you. No, I'm joking. It's the easiest fucking thing you'll ever have to do in your life, and that is love them. Love the shit out of them. And you already do, so you're already doing amazing. Oh my God, Jackie, your baby's so lucky to have you as a mom. Oh my God, sorry, I just got excited. Oh, I just like have this, I'm slight psychic, and I just, oh, it's such good vibes gonna be in that household, I promise you. A lot of crying, but... 
hopefully it's coming from the baby. So uh, my whole thing is if you don't want to ruin the image of like your family or this and that with needing help, I promise you sweeping things under the rug, you're creating a hoarder's paradise, an internal hoarder's paradise in your own psyche. Okay. I promise you it's harder when you sweep it, when you're finally ready to rip the rug out and clean it all, it's going to create a fucking dust storm. That's what I'm saying is like my mom would rather sweep it under the rug or have everything be completely pristine than deal with the dust storm of all the shit flying into the air and like everything being brought up that you need to get off your chest just once and for all for your own healing. But then it finally settles and then you can truly clean it up once and for all. And from there on, you have a whole new home. You have a whole new home that doesn't even have dust in it in the first place. And now if there is dust, you know how to clean it up right away instead of sweeping anything under the rug. Burn the brooms. Burn the brooms at the stake, you guys. We got this. We got this. Healthy ass living. And I think I might become a coach at Jackie's mental health retreat because I don't know what just came over me. It was like the Holy Spirit of how to not have anxiety 101 because the past 30 years I have been hardcore studying how to have anxiety 101. So now I'm unlearning and I want to help. Even if no one wants my help, I love you. Okay, so Jameson's neighbor, quick update, a caller calls in to let us know that she sprays liquid ass under the door if people are loud. You guys, now I'm one, first of all, that's awful. That's all, I'm, I'm so sensitive to smell. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, I'd have to move rooms. My thing is like, maybe people do need a warning. Everybody's advice was like, go right to management or spray ass under the door. It's like, wait, what if like, whatever happened to a polite knock and like, hi, would you mind keeping it down? Like, did we, and I, I know for Jameson, a neighbor did ask and she didn't give a fuck. So that's different. Okay, so Jameson, what if, what if you guys, I can't believe nobody thought of this, but Jeff's mind and everything. Okay. And this might be illegal, <laughs> so uh, it's all alleged. It's all alleged. But what if we alleged? What if a alleged letter was written with like fake letterhead from the office manager in quotes, quote quote, building manager, and it looked wicked official and wicked scary, and it outlined the noise complaints and make it look so intimidate me. This sounds very illegal. It sounds very illegal. So actually I want to um, rescind that advice, but I still think that it could really nip it in the bud because people are assholes until authority tells them you're going to get in trouble for being an asshole. If your neighbor tells you you're going to get in trouble, they don't give a fuck. If an authority member tells you you're going to get in trouble, now you give a fuck. So I was just trying to find a way for fucks to be given, but I have none left. And so that's it for our show. We will be back tomorrow with more Jeff Lewis recaps. Listen to Splash of Sass. Tell your friends about it. I love you guys so much. Bye. Splash. 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 Splash of Sass. Splash of Sass.